Hey, Foamies, it's time for another edition of the ITF Flowcast. So this week we have Ray Valentine. He's the owner of Area Pro. Uh, and he's, as you know, if you know the company, you know they're super innovative with uh, window cleaning products, especially with Battle Cat, uh, Tiger Fence, those types of things. We'll talk a little bit about that. But really, this podcast is going to be all about dealing with pressure and with anxiety of running a business. Uh, We're going to talk about some of the things that he's done, uh, some of the things that he's had in the past that kind of helps him to deal with uh, the the anxiety of running a business now, and just different things about how important it is to talk to other people, especially as business owners in, in an industry where we have a tendency to kind of keep things to ourselves, how talking about the stresses and anxieties of business can actually help us to become better business owners. So it's a really great uh, interview. I think you're going to enjoy it. And, and certainly many of us need it. So I hope you enjoy. Thanks. And now we'll give you attention to Ray. All right, Flomies. Well, we're here talking with Ray Valentine of Area Pro. Uh, thank you so much for making the time to talk with us, bud. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Gabe. I'm glad that you guys invited me onto the podcast. So it's kind of fun. It's a, you know, it's been a busy week. It's a Friday, so it's kind of nice to yeah. wind down with a conversation with Gabe. So I'm excited. Oh, awesome. Well, we're looking forward to it. We're, we're going to talk all about Area Pro. I do want to find out how you got involved. And we're also going to hit upon um, some just th- things I think that you had mentioned were really important to you about uh, just having the right mental state for business. And I, I think we got some good topics to talk on. But first of all, I just wanted to get to know you a little better. Um, how did you, I know you have a background in window cleaning, but how did you get into the manufacturing and selling of products as a, as a vendor with Area Pro? Um, well, I mean, it goes back to being a window cleaner. So, you know, I've been a window cleaner for 10 years now, um, which is a baby in a lot of guys' eyes, you know, but, uh, you know, that's, that's longevity. I've, I've been in the business and um, it's just tinkering with toys, uh, tools and toys, <laughs> And just kind of, you know, thinking, you know, I can probably do something better. Let me go back to my shop and see what I can't work on. And then that just kind of snowballed and um, just started, you know, uh, thinking about what is going to be a real business too. Sure. Uh, oh, so, you know, it's, uh, well, it's a little bit, it's a little bit of, um, I, you know, DIY, DIY kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I, bet, I mean, I know a lot of, t- I'm not, I'm not a tinker myself. I mean, I'll, 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 I'm not like more of a fixer. So like if I got a product, I'll work on it but I'll just get it to where it works to what I like. Right. And I'm not interested in telling other people or, or selling a product or changing a product. And I do know also tinkers who do like to design stuff, but they've never taken it to the level where, okay, now I'm going to actually sell this product. So what kind of get you kind of got you to where you're like, okay, I've, I've made some designs. Now I'm actually think I have enough kind of info where I can actually you know, take this to market and sell it to, to window cleaners. So I guess we have to back up to, you know, what I, what I was doing before I was a window cleaner. Okay, good. So I'll talk about how I got into window cleaner, window cleaning, and then how that kind of like, you know, morphed into what I have going on now, which is still window cleaning, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I'm an artist. So I, I paint uh, and I do sculptural work. Um, I, let me think. I've been creating some form of media all my whole life, but I got really serious in the art probably back in 2006 or seven. Um, and even before that, I worked, I worked for a sculpting company and we made okay. outdoor art. So we made like concrete statues and we did like mm-hmm. custom, like eight foot tall St. Francis statues 
Wow. So I really learned about, you know, how to make something from scratch and go. how to work with your hands and tools and, and kind of conceptualize something yes. you know, in your head and bring it to reality. So I, I learned that. And, um, and then uh, probably around 2010, I started working on starting a art gallery. So I was, you know, you know, I was very interested in the process of curating art shows and putting together shows for other artists. So I was like, I can probably do this as my own, you know, space. Yes. So I, I, I got together with a partner and he was an anthropologist in Afghanistan. So oh, like he would go down there, he worked with the U.S. military and he'd probably kind of be like the liaison between the community and, and uh, the U.S. government and um, kind of like help them navigate the waters because he knew the area, he was there for so long studying. Um, but before the war, like he invested in a bunch of oriental carpets a bunch of handmade carpets from Afghanistan. So we partnered together and uh, I was selling his carpets. He was out of his country. We had a space. I was selling art, my artists, my artwork and other artists work. And so I did that for a number of years. Uh, and then, you know, it, it, it's really hard to start a business, a brick and mortar business um, without a lot of capital or a lot of uh, a really good product. So art is mm -hmm. not, it's a really hard product to sell. Yes. So for us to keep afloat, we had to, you know, have a uh, have music events, sell jewelry, all the little stuff to keep going. And, and I talked to a bunch of uh, art gallery friends I knew, and I'm talking to guys that have been doing for ten years, and they're falling at the point now where they're, they're making money. I'm like, I can't go ten years like this. There's no way I can't do this. So, um, so we so we had this guy, a bucket Bob, that was coming to the shop all the time doing my windows. And I mean, he was, I think there was some mental issues there. He wasn't, oh, sure. you, know, um, you know, the most mm -hmm. quality person, but I, he had a great worth ethic. He would come by like every other week and do our windows, but he came by with a squeegee, not a squeegee, he came out with a squeegee, you know, on a wooden broom stick and, mm -hmm. and that's what all it was. And I was like, my windows look horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I can do a way better job than this. Why am I paying like 14 bucks or something like that? Why am I paying this guy? Because I felt bad for him because, you know, sure. it was easier, right? Um, so eventually I was like, no, I, I, I stopped services. And I started doing it myself. And then I'm thinking to myself, hold on. He does these people, these people, these people, these people, these people. He's in a neighborhood for about an hour. For, I'm like, this dude's making money, right? And all he has is this little stinking bucket. Not even a bucket. Windex. Windex. Spraying the Windex and then squeegeeing. Just, it looks terrible, but people felt bad for him and they kept on his services. Um, but I'm like, I can do a great job and make that kind of money. So with the art gallery, it was open. We opened around like noon. So I figured I have all this time in the morning just to hustle. So we had a bucket. We had, you know, a squeegee and a pole for the shop. And I was like, let me just go out and start hustling. I started hustling and, you know, it started doing better than the art gallery and then our lease was up and it was like going month to month. And I'm like, no, you know what? They were like, you gotta, you gotta resign a lease. You can't keep going month to month. So I said, okay, well, let's just stop this and we'll just do window cleaning. So that's what I did. Mm -hmm. um, so in the process of that, you know, I started playing with tools mm -hmm. and started learning stuff on videos, like watching, you know, Luke do window cleaner and um, other guys, you know, that was like 10 years ago. So there, was, there wasn't a lot, but there was some stuff out there. Um, you know, seeing videos, guys, dog, dog, you know, dog ear. Dog ear. Yep. That's what I do. Yeah. I still do that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, so I was just like playing with ideas and I would just go back to my art studio, which is a sculptural studio. And I would just start fabricating art, tearing things apart. And then, you know, just iterating and seeing what works. So that was kind of, you know, I had the background in as a maker. And mm -hmm. then that kind of helped me take those window cleaning ideas. Yeah. Well, as soon as you said you're an artist, I said, okay, that's the answer. That's it. Right. Because you, right. you're not afraid to create and you're not afraid to explore different things and, and try these, try this here, try this there. See, I'm too much of a perfectionist for that because right. I would get caught up in all the details, you know, and I would get caught up and then I'd give up because I, it wasn't what exactly what I wanted in my head. And, and as an artist, you, you live for that, that journey of kind of going through that, you know, yeah. so that totally, I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so awesome. that was in a nutshell. So, you, so when did you start Area Pro then? What, what year? Um, 2019. Yeah, so that's it's brand new. Yeah, I cannot we, believe how fast you guys have grown and just your your products. Uh, yeah. you, what, what do you credit to that? Because I mean, you just kind of came on. I remember seeing you. Yeah, I remember seeing the the um, was it the tiger fins yeah and i love them i have them on my on my poles i, I love oh. it and i just thought man this is such an innovator and i don't see it anywhere you know i remember yeah. i remember searching for it and i couldn't find it it wasn't popping up on google and i i think i asked kevin hargis he's the one who pointed me to where you're at and yeah. i was like oh there they are finally you know and i got them and i just it that's why i think i really appreciate about your company was it i mean because there's there's all kinds of vendors of course and they're all great i mean i, I like there's certain things i like about all of them but you go to your shop and it is so different. You don't, you find stuff you won't find anywhere else there. Oh, cool. So yeah. like, how did, how did that kind of, that formula start to falling into place there? Um, yeah, that's, um, you know, well, back to the, the leading question was, you know, starting in 2019 and it seemed like you'd done so much in that short period of time. Um, I don't feel that way. I feel like, it's probably the opposite because I'm a little bit of a perfectionist, like you said you are, and, you know, I have big visions and then sometimes you can't always accomplish those big visions in a mm -hmm. you know, condensed amount of time. But a lot of it, I would say, is naivete. So, you know, really naive about, you know, what it takes to start a manufacturing company and uh, what, it takes to, what it takes to bring a product to market. I was really naive about it. But I spent like two years just studying learning about patents, learning about manufacturing processes and, you know, all, everything. So I, so I think it was two years before we actually started. Gotcha. I was finding partners and also that kind of stuff. Um, and then it's just been a slow burn. I mean, we put out, I think we have uh, about five or six products now. And I mean, if, you know, if it was a perfect world, I can have like 15, 20 products tomorrow, just because there's so many that I could make, but you know, we couldn't produce them fast enough or, you know, we could not make it happen. Um, right. So, so I think that, you know, I, I think that, you know, with, with that said, you know, it's, it's been a tough journey going from, from idea to, uh, to a tested product, you know, to the design to the manufacturing process. It's a big journey. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I kind of equate a lot of, equate a lot of it to like window cleaning. So like right now with Area Pro, I'm kind of at the stage where a lot of window cleaners find themselves, where they're spending too much time in the business and not on the business, right? So there's a point where if you want to stay on the glass forever, you can stay on the glass forever. There's nothing wrong with that, you know? Um, but if you want to go on to the next level and you want to start, you know, 
building crews, getting more guys, all that kind of stuff. At mm-hmm. some point, you got to start phasing yourself off the glass yeah. and building that back in. So I'm kind of at that point now where I'm trying to get out of, of the day-to-day manufacturing side and do just more building. Um, but it's a process. So it's the same thing. Like, you know, I know you guys have your company, you run how many, how many trucks are you guys running now? We've got four trucks right now. Yeah. Four trucks. So that was probably a journey for you from you yeah. know, coming off the glass to, to getting guys, training guys. Well, and I'm, I'm still on the glass. You know, I, I um, during the, the COVID, when COVID hit, of course I had to lay people off. So I, I worked more and then we got the PPP. So then I hired them back. And then I just really tried to give them the work and I tried to work on the business, which really helped. And ever since then, I've been kind of up and down. So sometimes I'm like hardly work at all. And then like we start our busy season. So like the last two weeks, I mean, I have been, I worked one 13, three 13 hour days in a row, you know, and I'm just like, okay, I, you know, I'm not old, (laughs) but my body let me know that I'm not allowed to do that anymore, you know, but I had to, we had people out. I mean, we had things, you know, come up again. We just, our business season, when it hits, it hits, like it drops. Yeah. And And you're in, where in Arizona are you at? I'm in Tucson, Southern Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. So we, I hired a guy and we got another guy coming back who was off for two weeks. So I think starting next week, it should settle down. I told the office, look, I don't want to work no more than two or three days a week on, you know, right now, but hopefully starting next year, I'll be off. That's the, that's the goal anyways, you know, where I'm not, I'm not working except for, I mean, on big projects, I like to be on site, you know, whether I'm working or just overseeing um, just because I want to make sure it's done. But, but the majority it definitely is to be, you know, working on the business, like you said. Right. So like for my window cleaning business, you know, I downsized my business to do area pro. Right. So I said, okay, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't really running crews. I was hiring seasonal people that I was mm-hmm. doing. Right. Had my son work with me. I had another lady work with me. And it was pretty seasonal. Uh, and, and the vision really was to grow that women cleaning business large and, you know, to have trucks running and all that kind of stuff. And then I got obsessed with tools and I just like, you know what, no, let's do this instead. <laughs> um, and I, so I kind of, you know, downsized that and, so now I'm kind of in between both worlds. So now I'm probably cleaning windows like three days a week and Sweet. doing area pro every other minute of the day. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, whether I'm in the shop working on stuff or working on, you know, a new idea or a customer or delivering stuff. And we're a small team. So it's me, I have two partners and my son that helps out when he can. Nice. Uh, and we're in the process now of going into a larger facility, um, which will give us more square footage for production and uh, we'll have a media room. We'll have a showroom, which is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. And then once that happens, we'll start bringing on some more part-timers and some more production crew. But so I'm kind of in that in-between weird space that, you know, you probably find yeah. yourself. Well, and, and, and I, it's a lot of discovery. Like you said, it's a lot of trial and error. Um, honestly, my wife and I were just talking about, about streamlining, you know, maybe going down to three trucks. Um, we, we had kind of a little experiment in these last couple of weeks, like I said, because we were running a skeleton crew. We, we were short. We had one guy who we were ex- a longtime employee. We were expecting to come back. He decided not to, he's going to start his own thing, which, you know, we were so happy for him because he's such a good guy. And, uh, um, you know, we just, we're just glad for his, his success. Um, but that left a big gap, you know, and we're like, oh man. So, um, we were running a skeleton crew for probably about three weeks. This is the end of the three weeks. 
but you know, profit wise, we did pretty good because our payroll was so low. And so I was talking and we were just, my wife and I were just talking like, man, you know, at, at this point, we're going to keep the four till the end of the, uh, the busy season. Cause we got the work works there. We got it. But once the end, I think we're going to go down to three crews. We're going to drop a truck. And cause I, I would be in the other truck. I, if I'm on the, if I'm off the glass, then there's no need for me to be on it. And then we're just going to run, you know, just try to keep that payroll as minimum as possible. Um, and, and we're going to try and experiment with that. Cause you know, it's, like you said, it's about finding that sweet spot, you know, where yeah, you're, what works you, best for you. What works best for the company. So we're not, uh, cause you know, I, I've been in that trap before where you're chasing the work, you know, just because you got work doesn't mean you got to take every job that comes, you know, and yeah. coming from where I, where I was just me and you're starving and you're just trying to grab at every job. It's hard to ditch that mentality and say, no, you can be picky. You yeah. can, you can make sure, you know, every, every job that it's meeting your standards as to what you need for, for profitability. That's what I started and, to do. It was yeah. just like, I just got rid of a lot of junk, mm-hmm. you know, especially, you know, for a while there was doing a lot of route work and yeah, you know, in my area, route work can be very competitive. And then before you know, you're undercutting yourself and you're just trying to compete and then you're trying to like build all this, this really tight route. And then you got guys yeah. take and you're like, and it was, it was, I mean, I've guys who do it and do it well. I I give my hats off to because I have mm-hmm. hard time. Yeah, well, and, and and route work can be profitable, but there are so many factors. Like you said, one is market. You know, if you've got a bunch of bucket bobs and they're in there for you know, and they're doing a job that you would bid at thirty dollars and they're doing it for ten. Right. Um, you know, and that's what happened with me. You know, I when I was by myself, I had a pretty sizable commercial route, so it was like two days commercial, three days residential. And I had all of these long time customers. And of course I hadn't raised any prices. Right. And so when I started growing, I hired to do those routes. And then one day I, st- I did the route and I started realizing, I'm like, you know, cause you, once you spend the most of the time in residential, you, your numbers change. And then you go back to commercial. And I, I remember, I don't know if someone was sick or what, but I ran the route and I was like, Oh my goodness. I just drove 15 minutes to come to this little store, sh- you know, the shop, clean windows for $15. And then I drove another 15 minutes. I said, I made $15 an hour. I could go work at Burger King and make that, you know, I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing here? You know? And, and um, once that hit me, like what you said, I just I cleared out probably about three quarters of my route work and just, I gave it to other, other friends of mine who were, you know, smaller had just started up their, their business. It's perfect for them. Right. Um, it gives them practice. They've got, you know, work they can count on. Um, and then I just kept the ones that I liked that, that were paying me what I wanted that were in, our, in an efficient route. And, yep. and now that's what I have, you know? So, yeah. Cause um, I, was now, doing, now, I was going up like 45 minutes North of me to do some route work. And I, I did the same thing. I'm like, hold on 45 minutes out the gas. And then, Oh, now, and it was a weird area because like, it was like, if I didn't do the right day, some places would be closed. Some places right, would be yes. Or, you know, there are restaurants at different timings. So it was just, it was a scheduling nightmare. And it wasn't worth it. I said, nope, we're done. I'm sorry, guys. Right. I can refer you to somebody and that's it. Um, and then, you know, when I got rid of a lot of the route work, now, you know, I don't really do a lot of, I have some restaurants. I have a couple of like salons that I do. Um, and just a couple of like mom and pops that I've been with for a while and they pay me well and they're good people. And I just, and they're close to me. So it's convenient. Exactly. Um, so right now it's ma- it's mainly you know residential work, which I prefer doing anyhow. Yeah. I like to be on a property 
per, you know, three, four, mm-hmm. five, six, yeah. seven hours, whatever that job de- uh, determines. Yeah. And I have to worry about having to go to hundred places in a day. Exactly. Um, that's just my, pre- my preference. It's funny. Like we have, we have fish is a pretty big competitor in my area. And it wasn't always that way. We had a bunch of fish owners rotate in and rotate out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I met with uh, a local fish guy when I was going to sell some of my route work. Um, mm-hmm. So I was thinking about selling to them. Um, I mean, really great guy. I wound up not doing that. I wound up just giving some stuff away and then just letting a bunch of stuff go. Um, and uh, they did something really interesting is they really raised their prices. Really. Just, uh, before they were mm-hmm. really, my area, really known for lowballing. And yep. now, now they really raised their prices and it kind of made a new mm-hmm. standard. I'm, yeah. I'm like impressed. So like I've, I don't go looking for route work anymore or commercial work. Um, and I get people referred to me or come to me that might see me or something like that. And they're, and they're telling me the prices that fish is, is according. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I never thought I would hear that. But it's yeah. kind of a new standard in the area where there's not the bucket yeah. mobs have kind of yeah. been like, um, even though they're undercutting, people are seeing it's low quality. It's not the kind of person they want. Sure. To so it's been kind yeah. of interesting to see that dynamic. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I just literally just had this conversation with my with my office staff. Um because what had happened was they had booked um, an estimate for a small commercial. It was about $40, what we would have bid $40 for. And they bid an estimate for two guys who are doing residential that day, but they were in, it was in the area, you know, so they were going to drive, stop and do the bid and then take off. And I said, okay, you guys look, um, first of all, I forget who it was, who was just, I was just having the conversation, but they said, you know, don't, don't chase pen or don't jump over pennies to chase, I mean, jump over dollars to chase pennies. Right. And I said, so this job is $40. I can look at it and Google earth it and I can see the windows and I could get a price. Why are we going to pay guys to drive over two guys, you know, who are making 20 bucks an hour to drive over and to spend time there to do this bid that honestly, I don't even really want. I mean, we'll take it if it's along a route, but I don't want it. It's not important, you know? And so it's just kind of that mentality of understanding that there's a cost to any type of, of investigation like that, you know? And so anyways, long story short, I, I gave the estimate. We, we ended up getting the job, but um, it's, it's understanding that work is different, you know, and work isn't just work and, and we can't just get work just to stay busy. It's got to be something that that is worth the, the time of your business. Now, when you're first starting out, it's worth it because you need experience. You need you need just to get the, the reps, you know, and you need to have money coming in, even if it's small, but you need something coming in to help you. But once you're established, then now you gotta you gotta you gotta leave those old that old way of thinking and establish, okay, now how can I be efficient? And that's really more important. I tell you what, the groups and the forums, the YouTube groups, uh, the Facebook groups, sorry. Uh, they're so helpful to guys. Like I know when I started out, there was some of that. It wasn't what it is now. And like, I know when I started out, I knew nothing. I just watched a couple of videos and like, yeah, I can do this. And I think about, you know, how long I was on some of those jobs and just doing a terrible job and wasting so much money and, you know, not learning either proper technique or proper, proper, you know, skills, uh, service-based skills. So, you know, having a brick and mortar business is way different than having a service-based business. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so it's kind of encouraging to me to see like, you know, into the flow and you know, whatever other groups that are out there and guys can 
get that learning curve faster. You know, like you're talking yeah. about, it's like, you know, you can start off in point A and that's the beginning. Everybody, well, most people start there unless, you know, mm-hmm. you have a lot of capital to invest yeah. in and you have some kind of like, you know, background. Um, most people are going to start at point A and you got to go through those, through those steps. And how do you go through those steps and have people like yourself and the rest of the Flomies and whatever other, you know, podcast is out there helping guys. I mean, that's, yeah. that's huge. I wish they had that for, yeah. uh, for window cleaning manufacturers. Mm, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> that, 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 would probably awesome. be, that would be a small group though. <laughs> that would be a small group. Yeah. Yeah. And you're probably not going to want to help each other. <laughs> no, we won't. No, it's it's, it's like, it's like uh, the, uh, you know, when you, when you're, you know, you're fighting over route work in your local community, you know, you know, you want to be nice, but you don't want to help somebody. <laughs> Well, you know, although I, I was always nice to the route guys when I was new, only because I just knew I didn't know enough, you know, when I first started and I was just happy to work. And I, I thankfully, I, I, I kept a good relationship. You know, I was always friendly. I never like would go past business cards after they left or anything like that. But um, yeah, it's 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 funny. You know, we just. You, it's, you it, have, you, oh, go ahead. Have you ever had guys like try to steal your jobs? Yeah. Stuff? Yeah. 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 Like outright, like yeah. like they would if if they saw my truck at a store like they would wait and then when i left they'd come in and say how much is he charging we'll we'll, we'll charge less than that because i had my my own clients tell me that yeah but yeah as soon as you left this other guy came in and we're like no no we like gay we're sticking with him you know well, but yeah had, i did there was these two guys that were going around in some of my, my areas and they were just going and working on windows and doing windows and coming in and go mm-hmm. to the, the person in the front oh that's you know 20 or whatever it was and they're mm-hmm. like are you with Ray? And you're like, oh, oh no, he, you know, I don't know. We've been doing this place for years. What are you talking about? And scan, and so, so a lot of people were just giving money away, and they had no clue what was going on. And he just, he just scammed them. And some people were like, I'm not paying you for that. You're not with yeah. Ray. You're not. No, sorry. Should have said something. But yeah, yeah it happened to about three or four of my customers in one of my areas. I was like, that's insane. Yeah, I, I, I've heard of that happen to a few people where guys kind of come in and they, they're not outright impersonating them, but they're acting as if they're part of the business, hoping that they'll do the work and get paid. You know, I just, uh, I don't understand that in the least bit, you know, Yeah, I know. but I'm just glad I don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. So, so one of the things that you had mentioned was how important the mental state is whenever we're doing any type of entrepreneurial um, endeavor, you know, whether it's starting a window cleaning business, starting a manufacturing business or doing anything else, um, the men kind of having your mental state in the right place is, is so key. Could you talk a little bit about what you mean by that and how, yeah. how it worked in your case? Yeah. So I can give you an example of that right now. If you guys don't mind, I'm, I'm, I'm coming off camera, but I need to guess something. Um, cause as we're talking, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I feel like there's something I forgot to do today. There's something important that I haven't done today. I've done so much already today. And I realized I haven't taken my daily drugs. Sorry, on film, taking drugs. <laughs> we have it documented, right? You're, you're going down yeah, now. Get that out. <laughs> but I'm sitting here, I'm like, you know what? As we're talking, I'm, I'm thinking there's something I forgot to do, something I forgot to do, and I forgot to take my you know, my daily pills. And it's just because, you know, it was, the day was so insane that, you know, and that's why I don't keep it in my house because this happens to me really often because 
I have so much going on and I kind of have like a little bit of ADD, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I will just leave the house and forget to take them. So I, I keep I, them I, in my bag all the time. I almost think that in our industry, you, you have to have AD, ADD of some sort to, to function. <laughs> it, it's, it's literally, I mean, I, the probably 80% of the people I talk to have some degree of ADD. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure what the, I mean, I don't, but so many people I, you know, in, in respected business owners have it, you know, and they just, it, it's almost yeah. like a super strength. Yeah. I, I think that comes, you know, you know, window cleaning is, is really a liberating industry. And it's kind of like a lifestyle thing. You can kind of be free from the nine to five mm-hmm. office mm-hmm. or the factory line or whatever it is. And a lot of people who want that might have ADD or they might be mm-hmm. super creative or they might be very ind- individualistic. So, so it kind of breeds that kind of person in the industry, which is good, but also comes with some of that category. Yeah, yeah. I think if you're ADD, have ADD or ADHD, um, you spend so much energy trying to conform to an environment, you know, whether it's school, whether it's an office, um, or even just even a social setting, you're trying to meet these social norms that don't come, are not comfortable for you. And I think with window cleaning, especially if you're, a sing, you're a sing, an owner or sole proprietor, you're by yourself most of the time. So you have, you're allowed to kind of be yourself. And so, like you said, I think being a window cleaner is freeing in that sense. So if they have those ADD tendencies, it's not like you're in an office and you're annoying your coworker or your boss is upset because you're working on this project when you're supposed to be working on this one. It's like, you just work on whatever you want. And I think that's, that's why it attracts so many who, who have that. But then at the same time, like you said, I think it, it sparks so much creativity in the industry um, because they are free. And that's when these cool ideas come. Right. So when, when, uh, winter comes, everybody has all the time and then everybody's, uh, being creative online. Yes, exactly. Creative. Creative. <laughs> creative <debates. laughs> um, so, so yeah, we'll talk about, you know, how I view, and you know what, I think I'm going to change this chair because every time I lean back and hear the squeak and it's driving me crazy. Okay. And I <laughs> So I'm just going to go and see if I can find another chair real quick. So okay, can... sure. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead. A little bit, not as bad. <laughs> no, it's not too high. So, um, so anyway, I, you know, yeah, health and, you know, taking care of your mental state, you know, I feel like. For me, this whole transition into being a manufacturer as opposed to a window cleaner has really challenged me in that area. And, um, you know, every day is, is a new challenge and dealing with fear, anxiety, uh, depression, right? Uh, so those are all heavy things. And mm-hmm. when the weight of a company is on you or yes. the weight of the resources Employees. of is on you, right? Especially as men, if you're a man and you're, you're, you're self-employed or you have a company, you know, that really puts a burden on you, puts pressure on you mm-hmm. and, and trying to find ways to stay, you know, to be healthy in, in your everyday lifestyle, you know, is, is, is paramount. Like one of the things I did this year was I started fishing again. Like I, I used to love fishing and um, I used to do a lot of it, but in the last eight years, I've done very little. 
So now my, my thing is every Monday morning, I wake up early, I go out on the, on the creek or the river or whatever, spend a couple hours casting a rod and catching some fish. I must admit this month I haven't done it, but all summer I did, right? And that was just like, my wife was like, well, why are you doing it on a Monday morning? I'm like, well, because I need this setting the tone for the rest of the week. If I just wake up Monday morning, just go full bore, you know, but so I set the tone Monday morning and I can do that because, you know, the way I arranged my lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I won't be a forever thing, but that's one thing that, that was very helpful for me. Um, another thing was um, writing down some of my challenges and my fears and my anxieties mm-hmm. or some of the issues that are brewing. So like what I a practice I do now is I'll sit down with a pen and paper and if I start feeling overwhelmed and sometimes you don't even know what's overwhelming. It's just kind of mm-hmm. easy. Yeah. If I feel overwhelmed, I'll sit down with a with pen and paper and on one side, I'll write down as it's coming to me, everything that I feel overwhelmed about. Then on the other side is blank. And I'll sit there in front of that paper. And you want to say meditate, you want to say pray, whatever, you know, I do a little bit of both, right? <laughs> and, I, and I say, um, okay, so what are some of, on this side, let me write down either strategy or some points about each, each thing. So sometimes I'll find that the things that are really stressing me out, I'm just procrastinating on. Like if I would just take five minutes out of my day, instead of like just avoiding it, because I guess one of my one of my Achilles heels is, is avoiding things, right? <laughs> um, if I just take five minutes, it's off the table now. It's gone. Yes. It's mm-hmm. like magic proof, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's, uh, okay, well, there's a strategy for this thing, or why don't you talk to somebody else, or whatever it may be, and then just getting it from your head or from your heart, because everything kind of like, you know, yes. we're, we're, it's all mixed together, right? Yes. Getting it onto paper and then being able mm-hmm. to see it, visualize it, and yeah. you can come back and systematically, whether it takes you five minutes, an hour, or a week to process it, but that processing, you know, your emotions, your fears, your anxieties, all the, all the stuff that needs to be done, for me, has been very helpful. And I don't do it all the time. I do it when I start feeling yeah, I can I can recognize it. Yeah, yeah. I, I I totally get that. Um, I I'm a list person, yeah. so like if I have something that I need to get done today or or in that week, I have a little small dry erase board. I write out my my list of the the things. Part you know, number one is the top priority, going down, and like just what you said, because um, it can be a this jumble of things in my brain. And, and I'm like, well, should I do this? Should I do this? As soon as I put it down where I can see it, it's like I get calm because my brain is no longer struggling to remember, oh, what am I supposed to do? What's some, I know something's important, but I, I'm forgetting what it is. Oh, you know, and it's like now all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, I don't have to do that because it's right there. Yeah. So and then I can choose and, and pick and choose. You know, sometimes I do the high priority thing right first. Sometimes it's just not the right time to do that. So I'll go to the next one. And I just kind of, and I just, I don't know about you, but the feeling of checking off that that thing or writing the line through it, it just feels so good. You know, so it's almost like you learn to reward yourself for accomplishing a task. And and especially if it's like a really, like you said, a a task you're trying to put off or you're procrastinating on um, to check that off feels so good. You know, there was one. Oh, good. Uh, well, just, just what happened with me, <laughs> but just, let me just tell mine real quick. I, I, we had a, a customer who 
was being billed incorrectly and it was kind of complicated. And um, I was just like, man, you know, it, it, first of all, I, I just hate, I hated their bill because we have to go through their billing thing. It's a, it's a corporation and I hate it. I just, it's just a really annoying system. But then um, there was, I guess some, some work was changed on one of the jobs. There was like, we do several of their buildings and so they were supposed to pay less. Well, we made the changes we thought, but I guess it wasn't right. And so he'd been emailing me, Gabe, you got to fix this. You got to fix this. And, you know, we only do it quarterly. So I, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. And then I forget. And of course it doesn't come up until when three months later, when now it's the cleaning and we send the new, new invoice. Anyways, um, I finally was like, what am I, what am I doing? I don't, first of all, I, I've never been on this job. So I don't know anything about this job. Second, I don't do any of the billing. So why don't, why don't I just ask the office to deal with this? So I did. They got it handled in 20 minutes. Yeah. She made a call, talked to the guy, talked to the, the, the uh, person who does the invoicing, made the change, put a credit on their account. It's done. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, would, I didn't even have anything to do. All I said was, you guys handle it. And this thing was, this huge thing was checked off that has been killing me for like the last six months. Do you, do you have any problems asking for help? I know, no, I, I don't, but I do have problems knowing which things I should ask for help for. Oh, yeah. So because that's that was a corporation, right? I'm dealing with a corporation. I'm dealing with the guy in charge. I felt I'm the owner. I should be the one to do that. Gotcha. And it just, it, it, so I was dealing with that for six months and it just hit me at that particular moment. Wait, I don't have to be the, why do I have to be the one to do this? I don't actually, actually, I'm probably the least qualified to do this because I know nothing about it other than just my title. So once I, that hit, then I was like, you do this. And it was taken care of. And I just was like, Oh, I got to do that more often. (laughs) The art of delegating game. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So what was your situation? Um, I had a really hard email I had to send to some close Mm. people that I've been avoiding for a really long time. I like, I wrote the email, I rewrote it. I deleted it. I went back. I reworded it forever. Um, and then, so I did this thing. And I'm, I'm, the one night, and it's been going on for a while now, um, of me not sending out this email. And, um, I, and I did it in email form because I knew if I did it in person, I would have a hard time articulating what it really was I wanted to say. Right? Um, and so I, asked, I was editing one of the versions of it and I accidentally press send. <laughs> so I sent it out. I was like, oh man, oh bro. And I noticed there's, there's like a certain amount of time you can retrieve and it wasn't like, that, like seconds or something like that. Um, and I was like, so I emailed them right away. I was like, <laughs> I just sent you something that was, is that, please don't read it, right? It was a rough draft. I want to talk to you about something. I know they read it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Right. But it forced me to deal with it because now I had to write the real Yeah, you had to write the real one. Yeah. It was only part of an unedited letter. Right. So they didn't say they read it, but I probably would have read it. So, yeah. If someone tells you, please don't read this email, that's the first (laughs) thing you're going to do. (laughs) So, um, if you would have said, hey, it's really important to read this email right now, they wouldn't, they would have, they wouldn't have read it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want to sell you some window cleaning products. <laughs> yeah. They never would have looked at <laughs> I have a proposal for an investment opportunity for exactly. you. Exactly. We're looking email. for investors. Delete. <laughs> right? 
I was sort of thought of that. So, <laughs> so I wound up working on it and I got it just right. So to my wife, I'm like, what do you think? She's like, yeah, 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 that's great. Sent it out. And when I sent it, it was just like a wait slip. Yeah. So it's been, you know, avoiding it for so long because it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, you know? of course. Um, so, yeah, I like to to put stuff while I'm back burner sometimes. Well, and that's that's the danger. You know, I interviewed um, a gentleman who wrote a book on, on procrastination. He did really, really. I mean, if you go back and listen to it, it's a really good episode. But procrastination, it 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 adds so much more anxiety to an already anxious life, you know? So if you're already prone to anxiety and you're putting off something, you know, it's like whenever someone says, Oh, Hey, we got to talk later. That's for someone with anxiety. That's like the worst thing you can say, because now, now they're never going to talk to you. They are going to ghost you. If you text them or call them or whatever, they're never going to be available because they're going to be avoiding that confrontation, you know, and it may not even be anything bad. It just may be something you need to talk to them. So um, learning to face that fear of, okay, this is something, whether it's something I don't want to do because I'm nervous or anxious about it, or something I don't want to do because it's just a pain, you know, it's, it's annoying. Just getting through it is such a powerful tool because you eliminate so much stress and anxiety from your life that is unnecessary. Right. I mean, it's self-inflicted when we put stuff off, it's self-inflicted and learning that to just do it is just, it, you know, and, and of course I say that because I still struggle with that. But, you know, I think, I think it's always going to, it's part of, you know, who we are as people at, at mm-hmm. some level, you're always going to have some level yeah. of that. Um, yeah. You know, you might, might get more mastery as you, as you yeah. deal with it more, but you're still going to deal with it. Uh, and like, for me, you know, one of the things, one of my tendencies is when I get stressed out or I'm upset about something and I have a hard time identifying emotions. My wife gets so mad at me because she's like, mm-hmm. how do you feel about that? And I'm like, can we rephrase that and tell me, ask me how I, what I think about it. Cause I can tell you what I think about it, but how I feel about it. I think, oh, give me, yeah. give me like an hour and I'll get back to you. And she's like, or a day, you know, and she gets so mad. Um, so let me paint, let me paint a picture first and then I'll get yeah. back to you. <laughs> I'm going to go to the shop. I'm going to make a sculpture. Just about that. Maybe I'll make a tool. Um, and uh, so, so one of the things for me is, you know, not recognizing some of the emotions I'm going through as a business owner, as a father, as a husband, and just like shrouding it all in busyness or whatever I'm doing, you know, I'm always thinking to the future. It's kind of my personality. I'm always thinking to the future so I can get trapped in the future and lose sight of the present. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things I do is I'll stay up late and I just watch Netflix and I'll just drown out. Yeah. Junk. I've I've done that. My wife's like, my wife's like, why aren't you coming? Like, I'm going to bed by myself. What, what, what's going on? I'm like, yeah, I'll be up. I'll be up after this episode. But really what I'm doing is I love my wife. We have a great relationship. We've been together for 20 odd years and there's nothing against her. She's beautiful. She's amazing. So if you're watching that, watching this, <laughs> if you're watching this. I'm trying to build you up. Babe. Um, but, you know, so she'll, she'll, she's like, you know, what are you, what's going on? And I don't, I'm not even aware of it. I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm just avoiding, you know, all the emotions that I'm feeling right now or all the anxiety. And then I could just shroud it ground it in like five episodes, you know, hour long episodes <laughs> or whatever mm-hmm. it is, you know, um, real, so yeah. knowing yourself you know, as a business owner, as you know, doing any kind of endeavor, you got to know yourself. Cause if you don't know yourself, 
you're going to struggle. You're going to get into drama. You're going to get, you're going to have hard relationships with your employees, with your customers, if you're not really self-aware. And yes. so like being self-aware is super important. Too. Absolutely. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Um, and these are all things like, you know, I've, I've had a lot of things that I've done in my life, whether it's, you know, in the arts or, or, you know, window cleaning or whatever and different things. And I've just, I've just learned because I've made so many mistakes and I messed so many things up and, uh-huh. and I don't want to, you know, I don't, I'm 48 now. I don't want to be, you know, uh, 58 and be like, Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now you mentioned a little bit about self-talk, how that helps you uh, deal with a lot of this, this kind of stress. What, how do you use self-talk as, as an aid? So for me, it, you know, I don't use a lot of it. I'm going to use um, my wife as an example. I'm sorry, babe. I hope you're not watching. <laughs> so she, she we'll, works- we'll tell her, we'll tell her to turn it off right now. Stop right now. Go right. ahead for three minutes yeah. and then get back into the interview. All right. Got it. We're so, safe. No, no, she's great. She won't care. Um, so she uh, she works full time, right? And she works for a hospital and she works from home and all sorts of kind of stuff. And she recently started going back to school. She's trying to get her uh, business management uh, degree. And she wants to move up within her hospital. And the only way to do that is to get that degree to go to the next level and be over sure. whatever department she wants to be over. I don't know. It's all, it's all medical gibberish to me, so I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, so that's what she's doing. But it's a lot because she's she's working and then she's, you know, she's taking care of uh, the house. I mean, I help out, but, she, you know, it's, she, I'm not trying to be chauvinistic um, because I do cook and I take care of stuff, but um, it's just kind of our natural roles, how they wound up in our family. And uh, so she does a majority of the house stuff. So I got to make sure I'm on point and be like, oh, you know what? Maybe she's doing a little too much and I got to come alongside her and help her. Um, sure. But what she does, because she's in school and she's, you know, you know, we're past our, our youth and, you know, going back to school at that age can be challenging. Sure. And, um, and then it could be, you know, you don't you might lack that self-confidence, right? Mm-hmm. And she's brilliant. I mean, she gets all A's and she's on the D's list and all this other kind of stuff. And she stresses herself out because she's like, she's studying so hard. She's like, oh, I'm not going to do good. I'm like, Tracy, I'm like, listen, I, you are doing the wrong self-talk. What you need to do is you need to say what it is you want. I'm not talking about name it and claim it. You know, that's a different world. But, but you know, there's something about, you know, speaking what you want and what you don't yes. want. And psyching yourself out before you even get started. And so one of the tricks I learned, I don't remember who I learned this from, but your body does the same exact chemical reaction when you are anxious and afraid as it does when you're excited. It's all those endorphins are running. It's almost the same exact thing. Your body is no difference. It's all running through your body. So you can easily, when you're in a stressful situation, trick your, your, your brain into thinking you're excited as opposed to anxious. So I said, try this before our test. Say, I am excited about this test because this, this, and this. And then just keep on saying it to yourself under your breath, whatever, but you gotta kind of, the way it works is you kind of have to speak it out loud. And I've tried mm-hmm. it before. Absolutely, you have to do it out loud. I've, I've done yeah. it before too. It has to be out because yeah. you, you can do it in your head, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work, it's, right. It's the, the phys- something about the physical verbalization of those thoughts. Now it clicks something in your brain where it transitions into, okay, yeah. now I'm, now you it's like it. almost I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, I believe it. I'm ready to do this. 
Yeah. yeah so like I, you know, I've had situations where like, public speaking or mm-hmm. presenting something or whatever, and I was kind of like, you know, nervous energy. And I say, you know what? I'm really excited about this because this is going to do this and this and this. And then that nervous energy just kind of went. And mm-hmm. it takes practice and it's had to my daughter with doing that too. And that's just a little trick. It doesn't work 100% of the time. Yeah. Um, but if you, it's a small little trick to help you kind of think properly. Um, Absolutely. So, um, so I, I help my wife out with that. And I don't struggle with, you know, negative thoughts about myself a lot. But when there's a series of events in my life that um, have uh, gone south, um, I, might start, I might start thinking, you know, yeah. maybe it's you, know, this and this and this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and talking to so many window cleaners, as I, as I do, just with either ITF or just in general, sometimes people will just call me, you know, because I'm pretty open. I mean, I... I I talk to so many people, you know, they'll call me, ask them just quick. Sometimes it's just a quick question about a business decision. Other times it's advice on starting the business and stuff. And I've noticed that the anxiety comes in different types. So there's like, there's a, there's a generalized anxiety where it's, it's almost like, okay, I'm going to start my own business. I don't know what I'm doing. Is this a crazy idea? Is this, you know, should I really do this? Blah, blah, blah. You know? And it's just more your it's it's an anxiety of the of the unknown. You know, yeah. it's like I'm I'm going down a route I've not been before. And I don't this there's no guarantees on this route. And I'm used I'm used to my nine to five where I, I go to work, I punch each clock, I get my paycheck, I have insurance, you know, and now I'm going to a totally different world where the benefits could be like humongous, but the risks are also big. So there's that that kind of general nervousness about a business decision but then there's the irrational anxiety where mm-hmm. i've talked to people who like are freaking out about things and i'm like dude you got this man you know you you got it you know you what you're you're being you're you're making yourself freak out over something that you are way more than capable of achieving you know and it could stem from from their how they view themselves you know maybe they have a low self they have a low self esteem issues or or maybe they've made bad decisions in the past and those feelings are kind of you know the PTSD of those bad decisions are coming back um but it it's the the key is it's irrational like it's like you, anyone from the outside who has an objective viewpoint looks at that person and says there should be no issue. You got this easy, you know? And then generally that's, that's the biggest payoff because when the person does it and accomplishes it, like you said about those endorphins, boom, you know, because they overcame to them was this huge thing, but in real life, it's not, you know, it's funny. And then, oh, okay. oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, good. I'll just say the, the, that again. Go. Okay. <laughs> the, the, the third one is, is actual depression, you know, where they're dealing with, clinical, you know, and they, and sometimes you'll meet those people who, and then I worry about them because, uh, you know, people who deal with depression already have, you know, an anchor on them. And if, if, you know, sometimes they're invested, they've, they've got counseling, they're taking medication, they're, they're addressing issues. You know, of course, as we know, there's no straight path to that. Some people find the the pill that works for them right away or the counseling or, or techniques that work right away. Others, they struggle with their whole life. And then they, they enter into a, a business where the unknowns just are just multiplied. And now they're struggling with that about how do I deal with both my clinical depression, but also the other anxiety that's, you know, kind of adding on top of it. 
And that's, you know, so it's like, I, I think the thing in our industry is that few people are willing to talk about those things, all three of those types of anxiety. It's, it's kind of in the, it's almost, if you talk about it, you're weak or you talk about it, you're giving into it. And whereas the truth is, is if you just talk to someone who is kind of understands or even may not understand, but is just sympathetic, the verbalization of that can help you manage the effects and the symptoms of that so much easier than if you just keep it in and let it build up until it explodes. You know, I think the hardest thing in that area, I've never dealt with clinical depression. I mean, I think everybody has levels of depressions in their lives, right? But I never had well, clinical well, but with clinical. Yeah, with clinical, there's something wrong with your brain. <laughs> your brain is malfunctioning, sure. you know. Sure. So it, it, it's like you're going to be depressed whether things are going great in your life or bad, and, and that's the difference, you know. Uh, as opposed to most of us, if we're in a situation where we're unsure, we're going to have anxiety, and and if we're in that situation for a long period of time, that anxiety is going to compound, and it can be very strong, you know. But I think, uh, um, yeah, I think that like speaking to a general depression and not clinical, like for me, you know. And people that I've known who dealt with it, one of the hardest things is finding somebody to speak to, mm-hmm. you know, somebody you trust, or even, you know, like you said, there's fear behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we have a persona and, you know, we don't want to look, like you said, weak or, um, you know, or whatever, whatever it may be. And, um, and we never go talk to anybody. I, so, you know, I guess speaking to anybody who's dealing with that, um, you know, take that step and find somebody to talk to, whether you know, it's your wife or, you know, a coworker or a family member or somebody mm-hmm. from Flowmy Channel or, mm-hmm. or whatever. I, I think, you know, I, you know, most of us are, are going to be supportive. I don't think anybody's yes. going to be, you know, and yeah. then, you know, confidentiality. I think most people will be like, yeah, this is between you and yeah. I. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, and the thing too is if, if you find, if, if you're someone who, deals with either anxiety, depression, whatever, and you help someone with it, that goes a long way to helping your own issues. You know, it's kind of that little burst of feeling good that, Hey, I helped someone else along the same path. And now, you know, now it helps you to kind of continue going, you know? And so when, when no one talks, everything just sits still, but when people, you know, confide in people, you know, form friendships, those types of things, then it just helps them to, to deal with the, the anxiety that just natural anxiety just comes with business that everyone feels, you know, and it can, can alleviate a lot of the pressure. I think that people put on themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I, 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 and I, I really like the, the self talk. I, I, like I said, I've used it myself. Um, I don't use it a lot either, but in, in some cases where I just need to kind of get myself over a hump, you know, it works. And I, but I think people with, uh, um, business, especially, you know, when anxiety comes with business, that's a really good tool. So I hope some Flomies look up a little more information on it and, and just try and, and, and do that. Uh, so, even when awesome. you like, when I started doing windows and I was had the art gallery and I was putting together art shows and talking before events and introducing, introducing artists and doing all this kind of like public stuff. But then I got a squeegee on my hand and I had to go bid a job. I was a nervous wreck, you know, I, or I come up with the business card, go to, you know, a salon's, you know, studio and be like, hey, you know, can I give you a quote? And I'm like, blah, 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 you know, stumbling over my words. And I, I think anytime we run something new, you're going to have mm-hmm. it. And then being able to put yourself in the right frame of mind 
yeah. or even like writing down some of the talking points. Yeah. Right? Just like, you don't got to go in there and be like, hi, my name is Ray from such and such window cleaner. But you have that script mm-hmm. and that you can use before you walk in or before you get into any situation. Yeah. And it's kind of in the back of your head so you can, yeah. you know, practice. Well, and, and I think also there's a, there's something to be said with accepting the uncertainty as well. Yeah. Um, you know, when I first started, I, I made no claims to be an expert. <laughs> you know, I, I, when I started the business, I, I bought it from a friend. He, he gave me a whole two hours of training and then I had a business. Yes. And um, in one of my older, you know, uh, podcasts that we did, I talked with Kevin and we, we talked a little bit about it, about the struggles I had in the beginning, because I just, I just didn't have training, you know? And, and, but the thing that I did was I was always upfront with my customers. You know, I was always uh, from, from the commercial ones because I did buy some, so I didn't have to talk to them. But anytime I took a new one on, I was like, Hey, I'm just starting out. You know, your windows are, are pretty easy, but if I run into problems, just know I, I'm going to figure it out. I just, I'm, I'm learning, you know, That's and great. then especially with the residential too, I did the same thing. And that I think was actually the key to my success because what happened is the first few residential customers were like telling everybody in that neighborhood, Hey, you guys got to try this. There's a young man. He's just starting his business. He is so nice. He, he does a good job. Please hire him. Give him a chance. He, you know, he needs some work and that type of, of word of mouth just spread. And that's, that's how I survived. I don't, I wouldn't have survived without that community and the word of mouth support. But if I had gone in there, Oh yeah, I'm a window cleaner. I know what I'm doing. And then I would have the product because I was not a good window cleaner when I started. <laughs> you know, like you talk about the guy with the with the Windex, I wasn't that bad, but I, I was I was pretty bad. Um, but then they, it would then it would have just been okay. I'm paying you for the product, and that's it. Whereas before they were paying for the relationship that we were developing as they were helping out a new guy. You know, yeah, that's and cool. That, like, when I started out, I didn't have that mentality. It was just like fake it till you make it. I didn't yes. tell anyone new. I'm right. just going to go and do the job. And it's like, damn, it took me an hour to do three windows you know, or whatever it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I can see like, I can visualize now some of the jobs I had. And and looking back now, the owners were probably like, this guy's nose down. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't make the connection then. And now I look yeah. back and think about it like, that's the face they had, this guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I, I have a lot of those, but again, that's why I told people because I wanted to be up up front with them. You know, they're paying me money. I wanted them to know what what they were getting, and, and you know, and they learn it. Once I calmed down, I I, it, I picked it up faster, and the quality went up. You know, I met my customer service, but I, like you said, I, I think there is definitely in our industry either, like you said, a fake it or a make it, uh, fake it till you make it, or almost like a bravado type. Because we are a male-dominated field, there are definitely we're having more and more female window cleaners every year. You know, they're joining the ranks, but for the most part, we're still very male-dominated, and the machismo still exists. Of you know, oh, I'm the best, and so you know, you see, yeah, and we all see it. We see it in the groups. You get these guys who've been cleaning for a year, and they're up there bragging and telling us how much money they're making, and I'm the best, and I'm you know, and that doesn't serve anybody. You know, I mean it obviously they have a right to do that. And, and there's, you know, there's people who enjoy it, but as far as growth, you know, from an individual and, and the, having a real business sense, uh, coming to terms with your, it's modesty, right? Coming to terms with your limitations that helps you to, to build on that because then you know what you need to work on. If you feel you're already the best, what are you going to improve? 
you know, but if you acknowledge that, Hey, I have these, these are areas I need, I need to, my polling, you know, I, my fanning is great, but my polling, I need to work on that rather than avoiding yeah. polling. You, you do it more because you want to perfect that, you know? And then once you perfect it, well, now there's no more anxiety towards that. It's, it's done. You, now you have this valuable tool that makes you a more effective window cleaner. You know, and that, that goes through so many different aspects of business, you know, not just windows. One thing that gave me anxiety in my early years was, uh, you know, a lot of guys don't do this. I still do this call back my, res- my residential co- co- customers every season. So, in the, you know, being in the spring, I'll call back my res customers, schedule them mm-hmm. on. In the fall, I'll do the same. Um, and you know, I did some testing on that actually and saw what happens when I don't call them back and how much, how much money or how much calls back I get versus calling all the customers. And I tell them ahead of time, listen, I'm going to call you in the fall or call you in the spring. And I did the one season, I lost a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do it the one season and they didn't. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. I was like, oh, we're not doing that again. We're going to call them back. Yeah. Um, I, and so when I first started doing that. That, that alone was a little nerve-wracking. I already knew I was going to call them. All right. Just the it's, not even, like, it's not even a cold call. It's, it's a yeah. warm call. Yeah. It was, it was like, I was just here at your house last year. This is ready on the line. And I'm like, you know, a little nervous. So sometimes, yeah, you, you know, new things can be frightening. And mm-hmm. sometimes you have to have a little bit of humility and, you know, uh, the ability to to be humble, like we said. Yeah. And, and that's where, that's where the value is talking to experienced people, because if like someone would have talked to you about that now and they say, Hey, Ray, you know, I got to call my, make my calls for the spring and I'm a little nervous about it. Then you can say, Hey, you know what? I used to be as well. And guess what? When I didn't do it, I lost a lot of money. So <laughs> exactly. just, just do suck it, it up, suck, suck it up. It up. <laughs> and, and, you know, and then you can tell them all those things. You've already set it up the call. It's not a cold call. You've already told them you were going to call. They already like you. They've used you, you know, in the past, you're calling a friend, you know, they're probably very, they're probably very anxious. You're offering a service they need because they're looking at their windows. Like, man, I got to remember to call. I can't, I keep forgetting, you know, so you're giving them a certain, and then once you can kind of talk them down, well, then that helps them their anxiety. But again, if that guy never asks you and and confides in you about that anxiety, he's just going to live with it and have to learn it the hard way. (laughs) Like what you did. I was talking to a local window cleaner and he's been in, doing it for probably I think longer than I have. And I said, so do you like call back your your you know your regular rest customers? Like, no, I just get whatever, whatever yeah. comes. And goes, I, I stay busy. I'm like, well, but, I said, but yeah, but you, he had like two part-timers. I'm like, what about what if they want more work and you can, you know, be all just like, nah, I'm good. I said, okay. Um so I saw him again a year later. Because you know I started doing that, right? <laughs> Calling people back. Because yeah, yeah, now my 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 part-timers are full timers. Yeah. I was like, cool. Yeah. There you go. He's been doing it longer than I have. So exactly. Exactly. Well, hey Ray, we we are out of time, man. That went super fast. I I really appreciate your your sharing that. Um, I think it's an important um, you know, dealing with anxiety with with pressure and you know, that type of thing is so important in our industry. And I just glad so happy that you were so open to talk about that. And uh I I know it's gonna help a lot of people. Cool. In the meantime, so you got with Area Pro, uh just Closing out the podcast, you've got your the big battle cats, your kind of your flag. I guess you call it a flagship product yeah, right yes, now, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, get your your uh, tiger fins. And um, so, anything else that you guys kind of got in the works that you want to? So we have yeah, so we have the battle cat, and you know, it comes in three sizes. Uh, we have the tiger fins um, and ultimate scrubber, which is really 
meant for you know like cutouts and stuff also like that. the 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 tip the tip for the for the, the towels the i love that that's such a cool uh, such a cool invention because you know what i thought about see this is again the artist you and you did it and i thought it and never did anything about it um because what i would do actually is put like the little hair hair things on the on the the rag oh. so around the top but you right. know it would pop off or it would break eventually but i never thought yeah, if there's a little bit of rubber on the end, the rag's not going nowhere, <laughs> you know? Uh, so yeah, it just, that, that little pole top is great. It's like yeah. so cheap and then expensive and it's just, it's easy to use. It, it's awesome. It's it awesome. It so, so, so we have those products and then next year we have a few more we're going to bring out. I'm hoping, I'm really hoping to bring uh, two prototypes to the IWCA convention. Sweet. So I'm hoping oh, that everything works out. We'll Me too. Work for some two, two new products. So that'd be yeah, awesome. Well, we'll, we'll I can't wait to see them. Thank you so much for all your innovations there. And also, like I said, for sharing your time with us. And thank you, Flomies. Check out areapro.com. See all their Area products. Pro shop. Oh, areaproshop.com. Thanks. Thanks for catching that. And uh, you guys have a great week. Thanks so much for listening. And always, low on. <laughs>